It's good to be together in worship today and to come together to uh, gather around the Lord's table, share in communion. Uh, just a few words. Uh, be sure and be back for this congregational meeting, uh, meeting of the church family. It's kind of inconvenient going whatever. A cup of coffee, come back. Uh, because you really need to hear the work the elders have done to uh, get us prepared for this person that God has chosen uh, the mission study uh, can sound laborious, but it's really a good exercise in defining who we are and uh, where we want to go and what we believe God is leading us to, to, to be involved in. And the elders have done an incredible job. I just appreciate so much their leadership. Uh, the great thing about this kind of church government is called, the fancy word is called polity. But church government, how, how does the church work? And this, uh, this kind of system of, of the church working with elders and leadership in such a way that you've chosen by God's leading, uh, they've just been uh, amazing the way they've stepped up and, uh, and worked so carefully on this. So you need to hear this report and to hear what the pastor nominating committee is doing because this is your family and you're involved, you're needed. Your voice has been heard, it's been involved, uh, participated and in, in, uh, involved in this mission study, so I encourage you to be back. Also, I'd, ask, I'd like to ask you to pray for, for our care core team. Uh, we're gonna be in Seattle this weekend, this next weekend, uh, for a uh, care core uh, refugee mission conference. Uh, as you may know, we have a lot of refugees in the United States. We've been recently in San Diego training these mission programs, working with refugees. We're going to be up in Seattle. There's a large refugee population there. And uh, so appreciate your prayers for that as we go. One last thing, I'd just like to say thank you to Ben. I mean, amen. Uh, amen. I mean, It's so good to have a worship leader who understands worship. I mean, it's one thing that he's a great musician, and he could just entertain us, but he leads us in worship. And I appreciate that, Ben. I really do. Uh, I mentioned before, we lived in Israel when I was working in Gaza and back and forth in Jordan, working with the refugees uh, ministries there. And uh, so I'd have an opportunity to go to different parts of Israel. And I was up in the Lake Galilee area, and uh, uh, I was walking in the field, just kind of talking with the Lord and just being together with the Lord. And the fields um, in springtime are beautiful. It's, don't go in the summer. It's hot. But in the springtime, it's, it's sort of like uh, Paso Robles, the green fields and the flowers and the red and yellow flowers and and I was walking along, and I came out on a rise, and I came upon a shepherd. Just kind of stepped up. All of a sudden, there was a sh shepherd there with his sheep, and he was tending his sheep. And it's almost as if I'd stepped into John chapter 10. Uh, here is this shepherd. And so I'd like for us to turn to this uh, John chapter 10, because it's the presentation of John's gospel of Jesus, the good shepherd. So let's read together. Very truly I say to you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. 
The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought them out on his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, this is important because uh, in ancient Israel, the shepherd always led the sheep. Now, in some places, and I've seen this in the hills going over to the valley where there are shepherds and whatever, they use dogs, and the dogs drive the sheep, but not, not the way ancient Israel, and even Israel today, they lead the sheep. This is what he's talking about. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus, using this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Uh, this is a reference to the Gentiles being brought into the family of faith. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. And then later, Jesus continues, verse 25. Jesus answered, I did not tell you, but did not, you do not believe. The world and I do, the works I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Let's pray. Gracious God, as we consider this portion of your word, we help, ask you to help us understand how you are our good shepherd. Because we admit that it is so hard for us to understand goodness and really trust. So we ask that you would help us today so that we could say, you are our good shepherd. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, the reason why Jesus makes this proclamation is because it is at an important Jewish feast called the Festival of Hanukkah. Uh, you may know that. It's usually celebrated around Christmas time. Uh, and it's this time in the festival that they're remembering uh, the, during the, uh, the turbulent Maccabean period, there's a period of history, uh, when the priests uh, failed the people of Israel because they didn't lead. They were not good shepherds. They were not good leaders. And so in that context of that environment of that celebration, Jesus talks about how that he is the good shepherd. He says this, uh, and he references Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34, if you read this, it talks about how the people had, uh, did not have good leadership and how they, they had failed the people. Now, often in the Bible, the shepherd image is given, the picture of a shepherd. And uh, it's maybe not the, the kind of image we would think of a shepherd being a king. We usually think of powerful kings and so on. But in the Bible, the uh, ideal king is a, a shepherd. And so not only is God known as the shepherd, but Israel knows uh, that the shepherd image of leadership and spiritual leadership comes from the shepherd because the shepherd takes care of the sheep. And so a bad king was a bad shepherd. And so earlier, the people on the hills of Galilee who had tried to make Jesus king because he had fed them, the 5,000, and Jesus said no. Here, Jesus introduces who he is as the good shepherd the king of kings. Now to be the true king of Israel, verses 1 through 5, Jesus is presenting himself as the shepherd versus the false shepherds, those false leaderships, uh, leaders. Uh, Jesus is uh, presenting this case uh, that he is the good shepherd as opposed to these false leaders. The answer, and you can tell the true king, the same way you can tell a true shepherd. So Jesus explains in verses 7 through 10, what is the shepherd's role? What does a shepherd do? Now you know Psalm 23. It's well known to all of us. And in that psalm, it speaks of different things that a good shepherd or a competent shepherd does. The way they lead the flock. The first thing is the shepherd needs to know how to find food in the wilderness. Because it's, if you've been there, much of the wilderness is so bleak and stark, it's, it, you can lose your life if you don't know where you are. But a good shepherd knows how to find the right pasture. And so Psalm 23 talks about how he leads us in good pastures, how he takes care of us. And Jesus is referring to the kind of leadership that we long for, someone we can trust, someone we can really rely upon. The second uh, characteristic of a good leader or a competent shepherd is they can locate water. And this is really important. I mean, without water you die. And there have been many people who wandered out into the wilderness in Israel and they've died. A good shepherd knows his directions. <laughs> he knows the paths that crisscross the wilderness and he knows how many hours it will take to get back. So as you're there, 
it's not unusual to look upon the hills of Galilee and to see shepherds on the fields. And they're leading their sheep and they know that they can follow that shepherd because he knows where there's water, where there's food, and he knows how many hours it takes to get back to safety. Also a competent shepherd, a good shepherd, um, knows how to keep this uh, flock safe. The wilderness is not a safe place. You know, often I've wondered, why did God choose to use Israel as this place that so much would take place in God's economy? And I think it's because God has created a place where unless you trust in God, you're going to die. <laughs> the wilderness is just not a safe place. And also, it is so dependent upon water and knowing where to find water. And so it's very dangerous. There are wild animals and, uh, and robbers and thieves. Even the story that you know of, of uh, the Good Samaritan who's taken in the wilderness and going down to Jericho and the robbers and the thieves and so on. So the skills of good shepherd were well known. I mean, they, they understood what a good shepherd was. By the way, sometimes we misunderstand the uh, parable that Jesus taught in Luke chapter 15. Remember that parable where Jesus talks about the lost sheep and he goes out to find the lost sheep? Well, you have to understand that a shepherd would only take up to 50 sheep and there would be another shepherd. And so in this case that Jesus uses as an illustration of finding the lost sheep, he didn't just leave the 99 sheep behind uh, struggling for themselves. Uh, he was, they were left with a good shepherd. Another thing is that Jesus is using this imagery of the sheepfold. And the sheepfold is a, a place that's surrounded usually by rocks. And during the night, uh, the, all the different flocks would be brought together into this one sheepfold. And one shepherd would lie down in the gate, would literally lie down and make his place of rest that night in the gate, protecting the sheep from any kind of predators, any kind of wolves or whatever. And so Jesus says that he is the gate. He is the door. Jesus makes this reference. Not only I am the good shepherd, I am the door. There is, so we know that verse, no man cometh unto the Father except by Jesus. Also, he is the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is teaching again that he is the way. The only way that you can come is through Jesus. He's the doorkeeper. In the morning, the other shepherds would come back to the sheepfold, and uh, they would then take their sheep out. And uh, so here he's using the illustration of the sheep being led. Now the sheep also uh, know the shepherd's voice, and they follow him. Uh, during the uh, uprising, the Palestinian uprising a few years ago, uh, there uh, was a period where the Israeli soldiers came to a village near Bethlehem, and um, they wanted to have them pay uh, taxes because of the uh, insurrection, what they were doing. And the people, the Palestinian people refused. They were not going to pay. And so what they did is they took all their sheep. They rounded up all their sheep, the soldiers did. And uh, they brought all the sheep together in one pen. And there was this uh, one lady, one woman, a very old, poor lady, uh, 
she came to the soldiers and she said, um, she said, I only have 12 sheep and that's my only livelihood. And could I please have my sheep? And the soldier just laughed at her. He said, there's thousands of sheep. How are you going to find your 12 sheep? And she said, well, if I could, would you let me have them? He said, sure. And so uh, she called on her son and he came up to the door of the sheepfold and he began to play his flute, a familiar tune. All of a sudden, the different sheep began to perk up, look. And 12 sheep began to come to the door of the sheepfold and the boy led them out. And the, the soldiers, they just applauded. And this is amazing. Wait a minute, nobody else can do that. <laughs> they said, there's no more, I'm going to try that trick. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the door. Uh, he doesn't, he's not a hireling. He's not a false shepherd. He's not someone who uh, will, will uh, abandon us. He lays down his life for us. So it's speaking of Jesus, death and resurrection. This is what we're going to celebrate today. We're going to remember that Jesus gave his life for us because he truly is the good shepherd. He truly is the good king that we can trust, that we can believe in. And so today, hear this imagery of the good shepherd is that it calls us to understand that Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth, the life. Jesus calls us to understand that he died for our sins, that he came for us. There's so much difficulty that we have in really trusting because we know so much that's false and untrue. And here Jesus in the midst of this festival of Hanukkah when they're remembering the kind of falseness, the kind of duplicity, the kind of thing you can't trust. And I think maybe that's what's going on today even with our political process. You know, we're trying to look at these candidates, we're trying, who can I really trust to lead us? And Jesus is saying, I'm the good shepherd. You can trust me. And I want to have you understand this kind of love, that I love you. And I call you by name. And you know my voice. And those of you that have heard this call, Jesus has called you. And you've responded. And you've raised empty hands of faith. And you, you receive this incredible love, this grace that transforms your life. The Good Shepherd. If you've not really known that kind of love, if you've never really let Jesus call and embrace you today's the day let's pray lord jesus we ask for your help today we ask for your help for us who have trouble trusting we've been let down so many times we've found so many people to be who appear to be trustworthy and yet they fail us and so we have a hard time trusting leadership we have a hard time. We're just cynical by nature. So we ask for your help today that you would touch us and open our hearts and allow you as the good shepherd to speak to us and to call us in Jesus' name. Amen.